Business as Unusual is a thought-provoking podcast that explores the innovative strategies, disruptive ideas, and unconventional practices driving successful leaders and companies in the ever-evolving world of modern business. Subscribe, comment, and share for weekly inspiration with our host, Aisela. Hi, welcome to Business is Unusual. My name is Aisla, and I'm very excited to be here today with Colleen Kelly, PhD, and creator of Kids Chemical Solutions. Welcome to the show, Colleen. Hi, thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to introduce what you're up to, folks. Before we get into that, what's the last thing that you did for fun? I went swimming this morning. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I that it's a little bit odd, but it's fun for me. I like the time underwater and just spacing out a little bit. It's good. That's important. Actually, it's also really good for mental and emotional health, as well as physical yes. health. It's all connected. Do you swim outside or do you go to a pool somewhere? Or? I swim in a pool outside. We're in Tucson, Arizona, so all of our swimming pools are outside year-round. And I think that's really what adds to the joy and the fun because it's, even though it's a man-made swimming pool, you're in nature and we have these amazing mountains that we can see in the background and it, it's just really lovely. And I do it with friends. So even though our heads are underwater, we pop up occasionally to breathe and talk to each other. So it's, it, it ends up being fun. Let's talk about Kids Chemical Solutions and okay. maybe a little bit about what prompted that and how you're connected to it. Great. Yeah. I've been teaching chemistry for a very long time. And as a first generation college student, I was struck by how challenging my students found chemistry. And I say as a first generation college student, because I thought I was not prepared for college. And when I got there, chemistry just resonated with me and I didn't think anything else of it. And then I've got all these other students that are there that are, have a lot more college prep than I had, and we're ready for a university setting, and we're struggling with chemistry. So it became this mystery to me to figure out what's going on. Like, why are these students who have a 4.0 and every everything else, brilliant, off the charts, amazing hard workers, struggling in my class in particular? And many of them over the last 30 years have told me that it's only my class. So I don't know if it makes me feel special or terrible or a combination of both. So I've spent the last three decades trying to dissect why brilliant students who work hard and really want to do well are struggling with chemistry. And what I did know as a stopgap measure is I could lessen their suffering with stories. So as much as possible, I would tell stories and relate stories to what I was trying to teach those or teach those students. And so the stories began to stick and the concepts became solidified and they were getting some measurable learning effects from the stories. And after a while, I started making up my own goofy stories which have turned now into these comic books. So it's been a career of trying to reach students through storytelling that kind of prompted Kids Chemical Solutions and then the series of comic books and games and things like that. That's really inspiring. It, and I feel like it it speaks to that desire to to build and connect that I've 
learned about you as I've gotten to know you. And I love that you didn't just stop with, oh, they don't get it. You're actually like, let me investigate this. Let me apply my skills in science to this problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me test some theories here. So I love that. So it, I, this is the Business is Unusual podcast, and I'm sure there's many ways you could talk about what you're doing and how it's unusual. Would anything specific come to mind? Or Yeah, I think what I've uncovered that's unusual is going to shift education dramatically in the United States and maybe globally, is I've uncovered that learning science and in particular disciplines like chemistry and physics are more like learning music than math. If you have ever looked at on TV or in the movies where the chemists are writing stuff like all over the whiteboard or something like that or on the back of a napkin, it's a symbolic language. And I began to investigate what music education looks like and then compared it to chemistry education and realized that they're very they're very similar and almost parallel in their understanding of these symbols. And so I think the inaccessibility of chemistry comes from the late introduction of these symbols and then also the fast rate at which students are being prompted to interpret these symbols and then become fluent in them. So I always use the example of most kids learn music at about age eight, nine, ten, something like that. And then if they're be to become music majors, they're given a lifetime to understand those symbols write those symbols so they begin to write music, they understand music theory, they practice on their instrument and become very fluent in this discipline. They can look at a sheet of music and hear it. And as a chemist, I was really realizing that I was looking at a whiteboard or any kind of chemical transformation and I was seeing molecules move. And I was like, how do I have that neural pathway where I can see one molecule bump into another molecule and make this one and flip and turn and make that one? And it just it comes from a lifetime of working with those symbols. So if we want kids to become doctors, they need to start learning these symbols earlier so that by the time they get to college, they're not slammed with so much new information and just saying, have at it. It's nearly an impossible task that we've set them up to do. Mm -hmm. So do you know why you were able to speak it? Did did you get introduced to chemi chemistry at a young age or were you just, it was one of those things that just made sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I did in a little bit get introduced to it. Probably I had a great middle school teacher. Again, it wasn't something at home that was reinforced. My parents were or middle class working, not college educated. I was on my own. I think it's because I was a prolific reader. I read all the time. I read mystery after mystery. I read every single Agatha Christie written in eighth grade. I just went to the library and read one after the other. And I couldn't stop reading. And I think the neural pathways are imaginative and develop a lot from reading. So as young as I can remember, I read and always had great joy from books. So I think my neural pathways for understanding something that's invisible and imaginative, like a molecule reacting with another molecule comes from stories. So I think there is a link to storytelling and reading also with understanding this pathway. That makes sense. And that's really neat that you were able to find a way through something that was available and then apply it to this other concept in your own journey, obviously. So I know that you have 
I should say that they, you talk about this being for people ages eight to 108. And when you talk about the work that you've done, you obviously have targeted to share this with young people because you want them to have that advantage of learning this language while they're young. However, it sounds like people who are older, maybe like me, and I'm not 108, but I'm not eight either, could take this information and also learn from it. I think, again, it goes back to the, not to overuse the music analogy, but it's such a powerful one. I don't know how to play the piano. I don't know how to read music. So if I were to start, I would start with the basic book where middle C is right there. And I like, okay, and that's all I know is middle C. <laughs> but I would have to learn right from the beginning, right? So if if there were an eight-year-old in my piano class, along with someone who's 98, all three of us would be learning from the teacher at the same level. And so I think when we look at chemistry in particular, I say eight to 108, because most of the world doesn't understand chemistry. And that's that's the state of affairs. It doesn't mean that if you're past high school age, you can't learn it, just like you can learn. And because it's a symbolic language, you can sit down with my comic books and my games and understand the symbols along with the stories to gain the understanding. The end point, whether you're eight 58 or 98 is going to be a mastery of basic college level chemistry. So the endpoint's the same. So again, if I had a recital with one piece to master, the eight-year-old myself and the 98-year-old would all end up with the same mastery of that piano piece to play at this recital. So the endpoint's the same. It's just where are you in your journey and how do you want to plug into it? And the other thing I recall you talking about is that you did actually do a test case with some fourth graders yep, and they graders. absolutely were able to learn organic chemistry, right? Is that the... Correct. Yes. Yeah. So it's not too hard. It's not that the material is too hard. It's the way we present it isn't accessible to people from these different age groups or backgrounds. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that chemistry needs a rebranding, first of all, <laughs> When you've been told your entire life that's going to be the course that's going to keep you from being a doctor and you enter that classroom, you already are at a deficit because everyone has told you how hard it is. And that's really a shame. It's this, it's not a growth mindset. Very few students come into an organic chemistry class in college with a growth mindset. They're scared. They've got this dream and they know that this is this is the class that's going to keep them from their dreams. And that's just silly. Like, why do we do that? <laughs> there should never be a class that keeps anyone from their dreams. Let's stop that. And then, and so I think there's this lore of it that really needs to go away. So I that there's that. And then with the, the younger kids, they, I, I really think they have no idea that they're learning organic chemistry. They're looking at these molecules as fun shapes that are moving and transforming and it's like Minecraft or something like that. It's not anything harder than that. So when it's not presented as something that's going to potentially thwart your dreams for the rest of your life, <laughs> and it's, it's just, just some fun shapes. <laughs> yeah, and it's just some fun shapes on uh, that we're playing with and reading stories about and using to decode letters and playing Twister with and that kind of thing. Then it becomes a game and fun, and it's so different. 
So you mentioned physics as well. Do you feel like that's something that could also be translated into this kind of activity-based or and or comic book-based learning process? Yeah, yeah. I think physics, geometry a little bit, anything that's based on shapes and symbols as a language. Geometry has a lot of its own theta, cosine, those kind of things that are a little bit abstract. Math does a better job than some of the basic sciences do. I know that math has already some programs, but physics also has a lot of symbols. Students talk a lot about equations, and that word to me is a little bit... In chemistry, although we have equations, there's different kinds of equations. There's equations that result in a numerical calculation. And then there's chemical equations. And those tend to be like lumped together. The chemical equations are really just a recipe. I don't know why. And then the word equation elevates it somehow to something more difficult. It's a recipe. That's all it is. And physics has that same kind of nuances where some things can be distilled out away from the math and be taught like a recipe or a process or something like that, as opposed to a mathematical equation. Yeah, I actually got one of my kids, a chemistry of cooking way, and they have since become a professional chef, which is, I will say, great if you can manage it. But that chemistry piece was actually part of what really excited them was realizing that cooking was both an art and a science. Yep. And you can do much more with your art when you understand the science of it. Yep, exactly. Or you can be more predictable. I would say that's the difference between me and someone who does it for a living is I can usually make something good, but they can make something predictable. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about some advice that you've received that... You, you look to or lean into or change something about how you think about what you're up to? I think when I approach this initiative or movement or revolution, however you want to call what I'm doing, <laughs> all of the above, I want to make sure that everyone understands an advice that I got was this beginner's mindset always go to a beginner's mindset. And so when I look at who's adopting and learning, Everybody that picks up my comic book should have a beginner's mindset, but the same applies to me as a creator, right? And always remember your beginner's mindset. Remember that thing that you don't know how to do and put yourself in that position. So I think when you're creating a business around something that's going to teach people something, remember your beginner's mindset so that you can go through the process and say, okay, is this effective? Is this accessible? Is this inclusive? And what are the things that I want to learn that I'm afraid of? And what does that feel like to be afraid of learning something new? It's a little bit empathic. It's a little bit beginner's mindset. And it's a little bit of growth mindset too. Like what? how do you get that audience to begin to learn and grow and become less and less afraid and more and more confident? I have actually looked at the comics I don't feel like I know organic chemistry because I haven't gone through them, but I can see how that, how you were able to bring in that, that aspect. There's a feeling of comfort and reassurance as you're going through the process to learn, which is helpful. I know this is a passion project for you. I have some understanding of what that takes and there can be days when it feels, I don't know, a little exhausting or discouraging. And so what do you do to keep yourself inspired or recharged when you run into something that's feels like a roadblock or just one of those days where I can't even. 
I mean, I don't know. But I I had I had one of those weeks last week, actually. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. I think those are good. I love the quote from Randy Pausch. He was a engineering professor at Carnegie Mellon University who died of pancreatic cancer. And he gave something called the last lecture. And one of his quotes is brick walls are there for a reason. They show you how much you want something. And I remember that when I get the brick walls, okay, whether it's a brick wall and not knowing what to do next or a brick wall from someone who you know doesn't believe in what I'm doing or is less supportive than I would like, <laughs> how do I navigate that? I navigate it by, I get energy from talking to people like you, going on podcasts, talking to people and and finding out ways, okay, this person made this, said this won't work for this reason. They're actually right. And then how do we address that kind of thing? But I need community around me to help. Mm -hmm. I can't do it in isolation. I feel like, especially with teaching, because there's that interaction is so much a part of how teaching is effective. And I know asynchronous learning and webinars and all of that, but that there's that interaction piece with certain things. And I feel like this fits there. So I can understand why that community would be so important. What does success look like to you? Oh, that's clear. Success means that students everywhere and anywhere can apply to medical school with an A in chemistry and confidence if they so choose. I'm not saying that everybody needs to go into medicine or science, but I'm saying that they should have that on their transcript as something that is not going to hold them back. There should be no more label of weed out course for any chemistry course, because what I'm developing is going to eliminate that. And then for folks who are listening and they're just like, whoa, I want to buy, by the way, everybody, I want that to happen. I want to buy these (laughs) books. I want these books to be in my kids' libraries and I want them to be in museum classes, not science and nature, children's museums. I want to make this happen. So how do they do that? Do they email Um, or get on your website? What's the best way? Yeah, I would say get on our website first and poke around. It's kids, K-I-D-S, chemicalsolutions.com. And so at kidschemicalsolutions.com, you can poke around and get a synopsis of the first five stories. It's a series of 10 stories that scaffold the learning objectives found in a college-level chemistry course. So the first, there's a synopsis of those. There's a description of the characters. There's my media links. There's articles. There's some research. There's a little bit about myself. From there, you can purchase those, and you can also contact me. Nice. with By email? I'll have everything in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. By email. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Is there anything else you want folks to know before we say goodbye? I would just say that I would like people to be open to chemistry as something fun and also something that is essential. In the old days, we used to all learn how to balance our checkbook or something like that. I feel like it's a it's that kind of skill where it would be really nice if if when you got your steroid cream for your, I don't know, rash that you have on your arm, that you understood what a steroid was and that you're not afraid to look at the molecular structure and discern between this one and that one and another one. So I feel like there's some autonomy in our own healthcare that can be opened through an understanding of chemistry. So 
just be open to it and try to eliminate any fears you have. And when, especially when you open the comic book, just have fun with it. That's great advice. Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you.